Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Where Liberty Dwells podcast. I'm your host, Vaughn Hilp. Firstly, did you know about this episode right when it came out? Are you outraged that you didn't? Well, you should be, because that's a very sad story. If you want to stay updated on every episode of the podcast, you should follow the show's Instagram at Where Liberty Dwells Podcast, or follow the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also, I'd like to announce that in addition to episodes and articles, Where Liberty Dwells has published its very first statistical report titled, What Police Violence Statistics Don't Tell You. You've probably heard a lot about police murdering innocent people over the last year, often justified by facts and figures, maybe even a nice graph. In this report, I take a new glance at the very numbers the left uses to justify its claim that the police are systemically racist and put their assumptions to the test. For example, did you know that police officers who kill a black person are more often charged and convicted with a crime compared to when a white person is killed? To find out more, go to www.wherelibertydwells.com slash articles dash and dash reports. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I know what you're going to say. Where the hell have you been for the last two months? And I'm going to be straight with all of you. I have a a real full-time job for the first time, and it has been incredibly difficult, I have found, to balance my time between the job and everything else I was already doing and the podcast. But fear not. The podcast is here. It's not going anywhere. Um, I have been working on bigger projects throughout the summer, which I think has been the problem is that a lot of the stuff I'm working on requires a lot of time and a lot of research where I I had to realize that I can do more in the news and current episodes that don't require as much research and in-depth analysis of things. And I can just more talk about what's current going on. So that's what today is going to be. But there will be stuff down the road that I've been working on that will be out shortly. So today, I want to talk about Specifically, my university and their recent update to a COVID-19 policy. So I go to the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign. And on July 29th, Robert Jones, the chancellor, sent out an email saying that the following day, July 30th, every uh, UIUC faculty, student, and staff will have to wear a mask indoors on all campus property regardless of vaccination status and that last part is really what i want to talk about today and why that forcing vaccinated individuals to wear a mask now is not scientific and is more or less indicative rather of this growing sense of authoritarianism that we see from the government and all of its extensions, which I do include UIUC in because it is a public university that gets many of its policies from the government as this one that was announced in late July. The chancellor said that they are following the CDC's guidance. And I want to talk about why, particularly at UIUC, but even broader, uh, even in a, in a more broad way, the United States in general should not be asking vaccinated individuals to mask up anymore. But I want to focus more so on the university itself and the Champaign County. And I'm going to make some, I'm going to say a lot of numbers in a couple minutes here. And I'm going to have to generalize a couple things because I don't have access to 
you know, insanely large databases where I can look really closely at a lot of different stats. But I do have the resources that are available to me on the internet through the New York Times and the CDC and the Champaign Health Department. So bear with me if I make some generalizations, but I think these generalizations are fair. So to start, as of yesterday, uh, August 6th, today's August 7th at the time of this recording, the New York Times reports that the seven-day rolling average for cases in Champaign County is 55. Now, this number has been on the rise. Uh, as of late June, early July, the seven-day rolling average in Champaign County was like four or five. It was very low for a while. Uh, but this is honestly to be expected, especially as late July and early August are when many students, and especially many international students, start to come back to the university uh, and settle in for the new school year. And when you import all the all a bunch of people into a place you're very likely going to be bringing the virus from outside sources. And that is not something that should be particularly alarming, but it could also have an impact given the, uh, the rise of the Delta variant in the United States. In addition, as of August 6th as well, according to the New York Times, the seven-day rolling average for deaths in Champaign County due to COVID-19 is zero. In fact, there have only been three deaths since June 25th in Champaign County at all. Now, Champaign County, speaking of cases and deaths, ranks 11th among all of the Illinois counties all time for cases. And they rank 21st among all time deaths among all counties. Now, if you look at the list of cases versus deaths for all Illinois counties, you'll see that most of them are pretty much the same. Cook County has way more cases and way more deaths than any other, than any other county because there are way more people. And all of the other counties you would expect, if you're familiar with Illinois, uh, DeKalb County and Will County, they're all up there. They all have high cases and similarly high deaths in terms of pure numbers, mostly because of the population. The only, the only county that makes such a large leap in these rankings between cases and deaths is Champaign County. And that is because Champaign County is home to the University of Illinois, a massive university with 50,000 kids as their student body most of which are very young and most of which probably did get covid last year most of which also didn't die from the virus i just want to make that known that young people don't die from the virus they're actually so unlikely to die from this virus that as of august 6th the cdc itself reports that the total number of individuals aged 18 to 29 which makes up, by the way, 91.1% of all students, both graduate and undergraduate at UIUC. Of that, of that 18 to 29 age group, only 95 have died from COVID-19 in the state of Illinois throughout the entire pandemic. Now, as far as Illinois goes in, in terms of total deaths, the CDC counts 22,716 individuals who have died from COVID-19 in Illinois. Therefore, that 18 to 29 age group with 95 deaths accounts for 0.04% of all deaths from COVID in the, in the pandemic in Illinois. Now here I'm going to make a generalization that some of you may take issue with, but I do think it is a fair generalization. Let's assume that the, the death rates among age groups is relatively consistent across counties. If we take the total number of deaths from Champaign County according to the Champaign Health Department, which is 167, and we take that same death rate 
of the age group 18 to 29, 0 0.04, we get approximately 0 0.668 people or two-thirds of a person. That being two-thirds of a person approximately aged 18 to 29 who died from COVID in Champaign County. Now, let's be generous from there and say that this person was a UIUC student. So maybe one student at UIUC has died from COVID during the pandemic. Are we really going to have the university administration and the CDC coddle us and shield us from any risk? The level of danger that requires this top-down policy being enforced upon thousands of students is one person dying in the last 18 months. If that's the case, then why not ban a whole, a whole list of things? Why not ban alcohol throughout the campus? Specifically, why not, why not ban balconies? Just in the last four years at UIUC alone, two students, Destiny Thomas in 2019 and Jonathan Morales in 2017, fell off of balconies and died on university campus. So if, we really are, if, if the university really wanted to protect its students, they really should just ban balconies. Hell, they should actually just mandate that nobody can walk by themselves at any time of day on the campus. This policy coming from the tragic and absolutely horrific case of Yingying Zhang, a international student, uh, an international UIUC student who was kidnapped in broad daylight on the campus uh, four years ago. This is in 2017, and she was kidnapped and brutally murdered in broad daylight. I don't want to make light of this case at all. I, I read through it for the first time in its entirety, the, the details of this case, and it is absolutely horrific, and I, I cannot even fathom something like that happening on the campus. But it did. And if the university really wanted to keep its students safe, that is a reasonable policy given the, the establishment of their COVID policy now because they're trying to protect all of us from dying when maybe one person has died, if that from this virus on this campus since the pandemic began. And here's maybe the worst part. And I can already hear some of you saying, but Vaughn, these policies are meant to save people's lives. Even if it's just one life, it's worth it. And to that, I would say, yes, it is favorable to create policies that do save people's lives. But I genuinely think that the people implementing these policies are not considering, at least not fully considering, the negative externalities they are creating from these. And what I'm referencing specifically, UIUC has experienced on its campus last year, in October of 2020, during last school year, a freshman named Trevor Till was in a, he was living in the dorms, he was living by himself, and he was grappling with this isolation, and he killed himself on the University of Illinois' own campus. This is not some faraway place that has nothing to do with our school. It happened on our school's campus. And is so is that worth it? That you have these college kids who go to this place to experience people and the culture that has to happen, and you tell them you cannot do anything, you cannot go out, you are to remain in your dorm room for the safety of others? And I'm not saying that, that all social distancing policies and mask, policy, mask, mask mandates were... We're bad. I'm saying that some of them had some use at one point in time, but I think to bring them back now, especially where we are, especially with the vaccinated people, it's we're we're 
perpetuating a problem we've already created, and it's evident in the case of Trevor, and it's tragic. You've got six- and seven-year-olds, first- and and second-graders, who have never seen their classmates or their teachers' faces. They may have never been to their friends' houses for a play date because their parents won't let them go over. These are, what we're doing, we're, this is, this is a, an indirect social engineering experiment that is going to have terrible consequences down the road. We already have a society where we teach our kids uh, you know, to, to use screens as a pacifier. We don't teach them. We just give them screens as pacifiers. And this last year and a half in the pandemic has only fueled the need for screens for interaction. And I predict that these young kids growing up who never really experienced something outside of us, especially during COVID, are going to be antisocial, more lonely, and more depressed than any generation we've ever seen. And it's even happening with 18-year-olds, like in the case of Trevor. Are we really going to keep doing this when we have a vaccine that works? It's foolish, and we need to not have this happen. Now, if these theoretical policies sound like authoritarian nonsense, that's because they are. The function of government in this pandemic is effectively over. Private companies developed a fantastic vaccine in record timing, and the government got it available to everybody over the age of 12, excluding a tiny minority of, of uh, people with medical conditions who cannot get the virus. Or, I'm sorry, or cannot get the vaccine. At this point, the government, and by extension, UIUC, needs to let people make their own risk calculations. It's, it's just that simple. Oh, but Vaughn, slow the spread. Do the right thing. Why would you put people at risk? Who, who exactly is this new COVID wave and the Delta variant affecting? The unvaccinated people. Who is transmitting the virus at this time primarily in the vast majority of cases? The unvaccinated. Don't punish those who did the smart thing and got the vaccine for the protection of a group of people who almost certainly chose not to get the vaccine. Once again, I know that there is a small group of people for medical reasons who cannot get it. But they've had to be careful probably um, their entire lives about going out in public if they're so at risk to this. And kids, yes, you have to exclude kids. But even then, children under the age of 12 hardly ever get sick and I don't think they've recorded a single death under the age of 12. So my point is here is that this is no longer about the government trying to protect us. Their primary objective here is to impose as much authority and control over the people as they possibly can. And that's evident because there is no reason that vaccinated people should be wearing a mask. They barely transmit the virus if they do get it. Of course, you can get I'm not saying, first of all, I want to make some, some clarifications. I am pro-vaccine. I have the vaccine. I got the Pfizer vaccine. I got it at my university. I think people should get vaccinated if they can. I think that is a smart thing to do. But I absolutely respect the rights of people that choose not to. Because at the end of the day, you're not harming me if I'm choosing to do the right thing. The only person you're harming if you're choosing not to get vaccinated is the other dude who chose not to get vaccinated. Once again, excluding the very small amount of people that cannot get it. You're choosing it at that point. You're choosing not to do the right thing, but the only person you're harming are people who also chose the same thing. And finally, I want to make the... Maybe it's a maybe it's a mood point. Maybe it's not. But from most people, college-aged kids that I've talked to, 
uh, they only got the vaccine, so they didn't have to put masks on again. So if you're trying to promote the message of get vaccinated and and do the right thing and also telling them that if you do, you're still going to have to put the mask on, uh, I'm I am sensing a disincentive forming here for anybody who hasn't already gotten the vaccine, especially these young kids who did it on purpose so they didn't have to wear the mask anymore. I know this was a, a, a quick episode. You could barely call it a full episode, but I think it was an update that needed attention. With that, we'll leave it there. Thank you all for listening. This has been Where Liberty Dwells podcast. I'm your host, Vaughn Hill. <laughs>